Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. All right, everybody, David here for another great show this week. Uh, really excited today to talk about atmosphere uh, in our main segment. What is it? What is haze? What is fog? What is this mysterious thing called phase? What is low fog? Um, all of that and more. And so I'm going to talk about, in general, you know, the things uh, you want to look out for when, when buying a, a hazer, fogger, phaser, low fogger, all that stuff. Uh, we'll be talking about that in a minute. Now, today, um, you know, as we've talked about, lighting news has been uh, something we've been covering lately. And, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, nothing's caught my eye um, this week. I'm, I'm making this episode a little bit ahead of time um, just because of... Um, logistics of busyness um, coming up ahead. And so I did want to point out um, one of the places that I do get my news from is um, is PLSN. And so I get a lot of my news from these industry magazines, PLSN, um, Lighting and Sound America is another one. I'm going to link to all of these um, in the show notes. I'm actually typing them in right now so I don't forget. And, you know, these various trade magazines um, are, are really great resources if you want to learn about lighting and you're passionate about lighting because what they are is they're just trade magazines. They're, they're totally free because they're, they're um, heavily um, coded in advertisers, um, including uh, through uh, most likely the articles um, because you see a lot of the same manufacturers mentioned in the articles. Um, and I don't know that for sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, there's some, some payment going for some articles at least. Um, and that's okay, but you can really gain a lot from it, and you can learn a lot, and um, you know, really see some great pictures and hear from designers and, and stuff like that. So, if you're really interested in lighting and you do want to learn more, and um, you you want you know to get a magazine every month or or, or a little, little less than that to your front door, um, these magazines are great. You can subscribe. All you have to do is fill out a brief survey. Usually, with these guys, and you usually have to do do that every year, and just let them know you know what you you do in the industry um how you're involved with lighting and and then they pass that on to their advertisers so but a totally free great way to learn about news so now let's dive into our main segment all right so today we're going to talk about atmosphere um getting in the atmosphere is what i want to call it what are haze fog and phase and how do we use them so when you're working on a stage, you know, a lot of times you're going to see some kind of atmosphere in the air, right? You go to a big concert, you go to a theatrical show and there's, you know, a plume of smoke that comes out of something. Uh, maybe you've got a church production and you need, you know, some fog, a low fog in the ground for Easter, for a special uh, thing or for Christmas. Maybe you're doing, uh, you know, Scrooge with the Dreams. Um, oh, what's that show called? Yeah, anyways, um, you're probably yelling it at your radio or, or your headphones right now, but Regardless, um, you know, using atmosphere in lighting can be one of the, the best and, and really most cost-effective ways to get more out of your lighting. Now, it's it's not always doable um, in every situation. And, and the main reason for that is, you know, these, these atmospheres, whether it be haze or fog or low-fit haze or phase, um, all these similar but different types of atmosphere that you can put in the air, um, they have a tendency, depending on your type of fire alarm systems in the venue that you're working, to set off fire alarms. And, and how this works, I'll just go over it briefly, is basically 
there, there's different types of fire alarms, and I'm not an expert on fire alarms, but I've learned a lot over the years um, in dealing with this. And, you know, the old school kind of fire alarms, like the ones you, you typically have in your house, are called, I believe, ionizing fire alarms. And there's uh, some nuclear stuff going on inside that fire alarm where it shoots some ions back and forth or something like that. Um, if you're a scientist, please, please don't write in and tell me how wrong I am. But basically, it looks for... Um, stuff that is actual smoke something burning and and so that is great because um haze and fog and, and phase is not going to affect those now uh, th there is one caveat here and that is if you are in like a nightclub situation where a hazer runs all night every night um and it's oil based for years on end you can gunk those sensors up to a point um after a long time where where they will trip accidentally and you just need to clean them or replace them but regardless um you know that that is kind of the biggest enemy of using atmosphere i know that i do a lot of corporate events in hotel ballrooms and so often you know hotels often don't know what kind of detectors they have or maybe they do and they just um shut them all off in order and, and when i say shut them off i mean put them in silent mode more than a second in order to allow you to do your show and that can get quite costly so when, when you're using these effects indoors um never ever disable a fire alarm system never do not do that that is like the biggest no-no that is a huge life safety thing because if a fire were to break out um, and pe people would then die and it would be really bad. So don't ever do that. However, what you can often do, um, working in conjunction with your fire alarm company, if it's a bigger building and you've got an alarm system in there, and the local fire department, you can go ahead and create a silent mode for your fire system often. And again, work with your, your local fire authorities and work with your alarm company here. Um, this is super important. If, if you have these types of detectors that, that do get set off, which are optical detectors, I don't think I've mentioned that yet, um, but they just look for anything in the way. You know, they're up in the air usually. Um, if your arm gets in the way of them, your head, um, you know, if you're up in a lift, you trip it. Um, and so they'll, if anything gets in the way, they'll, they'll get tripped. But regardless, um, you know, if you do have these detectors and you need to get around them, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm rambling, but, you know, do not disable them. However, working with the local authorities and your alarm company, you can often set up what's called a silent mode where certain detectors um, in the space you're working will be set to silent, meaning you'll be able to see them trip on the control panel, but the fire department won't get called, which is good because um, you don't want them showing up and the alarms won't go off, okay? But you know, typically with these scenarios, um, you know, any ionizing detectors um, typically will be left in service, as well as the wall stations where, where somebody can pull if there's a fire. Um, those will typically be left on and, 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 and enabled as well. And then you typically post a fire watch or someone, which may need to be a fire marshal, may just need to be a person, um, security facilities, whoever, who um, is just going to watch over the room, the area where alarms are turned to silent, and, and just make sure that nothing's catching on fire. Um, and, and that's basically how it generally works. And you generally um, have this mode, and, and every time you want to use it, you're going to call your alarm company, you're going to notify the fire department or your alarm company may, and uh, then everything is good. And so that's when you have optical detectors, which in a lot of newer buildings, you're going to have optical detectors. 
Um, some performance spaces, you know, design without them or just design with the the um, the ability to silence them in place because you cannot use theatrical uh, atmosphere effects with optical detectors in a room. You can't do it. They will get tripped at some point. Even if you're just using a little fog, some little wisp of fog is going to get up there and it's going to trip the alarm. And you don't want to do it with a room full of people because then you got to evacuate everybody out of the building and stop your show or service. So that's my little blip on, um, on fire alarms and haze, fog, low fog, and phase because all of these will trip those optical detectors. Okay, so now that I've answered that and I am going to link in the show notes to my posts on haze and fog on learned stage lighting. The haze one includes information about the fire alarms I just like I just talked about. So what are these different types of atmosphere and, and how do they differ and and um, you know what do I need to know about this? So the first thing is that you typically are buying a machine that does one type of effect, okay? It's either gonna be a hazer or it's gonna be a fogger or it's gonna be a low fogger. And that's because um, they're all somewhat different in how they work. Now I'd mentioned phase here and some companies make phasers um, and, and I don't wanna mention any names because I don't wanna knock on these companies because when you do buy a phaser, you basically get something that's not a fogger and not a hazer. Um, you know, it's like, it's more, they're more, uh, they're a little better at being a hazer, but they're not as good as a unit that's the same cost. That's just a hazer and they're sure not a good fogger. And so I, I really don't recommend those, um, even though they're sold kind of as a solution that, you know, is going to be right um, for people who, who need, you know, both uses. Um, I would say just, just don't do it. Like literally, um, you know, like a $20 Halloween fogger, you know, though it has low output, um, is a better fogger than a phaser is. And so, um, that's sad. Of course, you're not going to have DMX on a $20 Halloween fogger, but that, that just drives the point home that, you know, each of these units has a specific, um, type of atmosphere that it's going to create. And, and you really need to stick to that type and not try to make a machine do something that it's not supposed to do. Cause I see that a lot on the lighting groups on Facebook a lot. And, and I get it because I've been there before in that mindset where you go, okay, I've got a fogger here. You know, we own a fogger. We have no budget. Can we make this thing make haze? And, and the answer is, well, no. Um, and so um, with that said, um, there's different types. So the first thing I'm going to go over is haze. And haze is that thin, um, just lovely, almost mist it's, it's not mist, but almost like a mist that you see at a, at a concert or a church or um, a corporate event or something, you know, an entertainment space, a club where it just hangs around in the air and allows you to see the beam of the lights. It's not super thick. You can see through it. You know, you can see across the room, etc. but it, it catches the beam of the lights. And haze is so great because, you know, for on the, the scale of effectiveness, when I think about effectiveness in my lighting... You know, I could have 10 extra moving lights on a show. You know, say say I have 10 moving lights on a show. I could have another 10 moving lights, or I could have a hazer. And honestly, the hazer having the ability to see those beams in the air for, for most shows and most needs is, is, um, is going to make a much bigger impact than having 10 more lights because the ability to see the beam in the air, to see, you know, the different zoom ranges, to see gobos in the beam, to see the movement in the beam is is really a huge impact in your lighting and that's why 
if you do hang out um, in those professional lighting forms where there's professionals and stuff like that, um, you're going to see that they're generally really passionate about having haze on their shows a lot of the time. And, and, and oftentimes, you know, guys that do a lot of music um, or ladies, um, there's a lot of great lady lighting designers out there, too. Though, um, you know, on a numbers wise, there's a lot more guy lighting designers. Um, but regardless, um, you know, people that do a lot of music are used to haze. They go to a corporate show. You often see them complaining, oh, no haze. Whereas I, I've fallen into the niche where I do a lot of corporate shows these days. And, and so, you know, I just know for the most part, most of the shows I'm doing, uh, haze is not going to be allowable. And it's not going to be part of the deal because hotels can charge astronomical amounts to silence their uh their smoke systems and, and put security on the task. I mean, it, it can be, you know, very, very expensive, many, many thousands of dollars, um, which I think is often worth it, but the, the clients don't always lobby for that and don't always see it that way. So, and that's okay. Um, it's just kind of a norm of the industry a lot of the time, except for bigger events that, that um, the cost is then justified. So haze is that, that thin, lovely, if you're still here um, through my rambling, that thin, lovely atmosphere that, that you're able to see in the air. And um, it's made one of two ways. Um, hazers are, are kind of unique in that way. So there's water-based hazers and there's oil-based hazers, okay? And I'm not going to go into all the... The details here go into the weeds on this but water-based hazers basically take um, a, a water-based fluid and they compress it down and shoot it out of a little nozzle or rather they heat it up sorry i'm mixing it up here in my head they heat it up and they shoot the haze out through a nozzle that scatters it okay so it gets heated it shoots through the nozzle and it comes out and so there's two things you're going to notice about it one is that it's water-based so it's going to dissipate quicker than oil-based hazers, which we'll talk about in a minute. Okay, it's going to dissipate more quickly. Um, the particles are also a little bit bigger than oil-based particles. So sometimes if you're at a show, you see a haze that's like super thin and consistent. And, and you can see that if, if water-based haze has a, has a chance to settle down before it gets sucked into the HVAC. Um, more about that in a few minutes. But water-based haze in general is a, a bigger particle it can almost look smoky sometimes or kind of swirl in the air and um, it rises because it's heated um, because it comes out of the machine heated you know it's warmer than the air around it then it, it generally rises automatically uh, and, and, and it find its way to hang out um, up high and sometimes down low you're, you're pumping extra haze to to get it across the stage evenly so it's not quite as easy to get water-based haze even on the stage however over the long term, especially if you're in an installed uh, venue, you know, a club or a church or something like that where you're using haze all the time, the, the benefit of water-based haze is it, it doesn't gunk up your equipment. Um, over time, especially if you're using thick haze and a lot of it and a lot of the time, it, it's going to enter your electronics. It's going to be in everything. You'll find it in the fans and all over all your equipment. Uh, and no matter how good your oil-based haze is, um, there, there's a few exceptions. Um, but oil-based haze tends over the long haul to get over things. Now, if you put something really close to an oil-based hazer, um, it's going to get gunked. You, you got to give the hazer a little room to breathe so it can spread out. But we're talking about water-based haze right now. So water-based haze is, is, you know, a really good option for a lot of people, and it works well. Um, it's not the perfect haze that every lighting designer likes. It gets sucked up into the HVAC more often, but it's a good haze. Whereas oil-based haze, on the other hand, 
is actually created. It's not heated. It's just basically pumped through a, a compressor of some sort and then shot out of a nozzle. And so because it's not heated, well, one is because there's like a little compressor. It's like an air compressor almost. Um, it's it's They're much louder in general. So for quiet shows, um, you either have to hide it or or kind of put it off stage somewhere behind a, you know, a piece of insulated panel or something, or um, just, you know, get a water-based taser because um, they are a little bit louder. Some more modern ones are, are better at, at insulating it and keeping it quiet. But there is that compressor there that compresses the fluid, which is an oil-based fluid. It's similar um, to mineral oil and contains mineral oil, but there's there's other stuff in there. And then it is compressed, and then it is shot out of the nozzle and uh, into the room. And so the great thing about oil-based haze, as opposed to water, is that it doesn't rise too quickly, okay? It is, in general, it's going to rise. But water-based haze um, does rise a lot quicker than oil-based haze, okay? Um, and, um, and so that's something to note. The oil-based haze particles, as I mentioned before, are also a finer particle in general. And it, again, it's going to depend on the machine you get, but it's a finer particle. And so it hangs in the air longer and it doesn't get sucked over to the HVAC quite as quickly. Um, it, it will hang for a very long time in the air if, if it doesn't get sucked up. And it, and it doesn't move around as much as, you know, what most, most of the time when you're going to an arena show, um, the haze you're going to see in the air is oil-based um, a lot of the time because, um, one, it's it was more popular at one point just with the, the machines out there. Um, the machines are a little simpler, and so they're a little um, simpler to repair in general. But um, from what I best know, I've repaired a couple. Um, and um, But the, the bigger part is it's just a nicer haze that hangs longer, looks nicer, all that jazz. And, of course, the downside, like I mentioned, is especially if you put gear real close to it, it's going to get gunked. Um, you're going to want to put like an old towel under it or a cheap towel um, because the floor is going to get a little a little slippery right around it. Um, there's that potential. And um, it's going to also over time, you know, begin to gunk your gear and, and you'll, you'll need to be taking the fans out and, and wiping stuff down and moving lights. You're going to be taking off the covers, wiping down everything inside them. Uh, when you are in a place with oil-based haze and, and you're using it a lot, um, again, if you're using just a light mist, you know, maybe just on Sunday morning or twice a week at a church um, and you're not using it heavy, you, you may not have to do that maintenance a ton, you know, check on your stuff, see when you start to see oil coating things and then, you know, okay, it's time to clean it. But it is the best looking haze. And so another thing to talk about is um, haze and HVAC, all right? And so the air ducts the, are going to suck your haze out of the room. And so you generally want to position your hazer um, when you're indoors so that the HVAC kind of pulls the haze across the room to it, okay? So you find out where the, the return air is, where the air is flowing back to the unit, and then generally, if you put your hazer on the opposite side of the room from that, it's going to help, the HVAC system is going to help pull the haze across the room and get the room haze evenly, um, as opposed to, you know, if you put it near the air return, it's just going to suck up all the haze and you're not going to see very much of it. All right. And so that's important as well. And um, in a minute too, uh, we'll talk about, let's go through fog quick and then we'll talk about um, haze and throats, so um, and people's voices. So 
let's talk about fog. All right. So fog is exactly what it sounds like. Um, it's a cloud of basically something that looks like fog. It's thick. You can't really see through it. It comes out quick. It's it's generally looks whitish and you know, you, you really can't see through it. Light beams pierce through it somewhat, but not totally. Um, and it's what you want when you want like a cloud effect on stage, an explosion, you know, effect on stage or something like that um, is, is when you want fog. And fog is actually a similar machine to a water-based hazer. That's where we get those phasers I talked about that don't really do fog or haze well because it's a similar machine it's pretty much the same design as a water-based hazer as far as i know but it is um it's different you know than the nozzling and, and the the amounts and again i'm not an engineer who designs this stuff so i can't tell you the exact specs but it's different enough in the way that it outputs that you get a cloud of, of fog instead of a nice even um spread of it like haze and so Fog is great um, when you need that effect, and um, it's going to be water-based. And one thing to note about foggers is, you know, these days there's foggers that are kind of labeled and marketed as quiet foggers and some that are not. And if you get one that is not labeled as a quiet fogger, then your show is going to start or your, your scene or whatnot. And if you have loud music, it's not a problem. But if you don't have some loud music over things, you are going to hear you're going to hear a very loud, you know, almost spraying sound when that fog lets out. If you get one of the, the newer, nicer ones that's marketed as a quiet fogger, um, in general, you're not going to hear that or not much of it. So that's important to know as well. I think we've pretty much covered everything else in our hay, in our hay segment about, you know, fire alarms, HVAC, all of that stuff applies to fog in a similar way. Now, fog, being that it's water-based, um, it is a heated particle it's going to rise and it, it typically rises pretty quick. You know, it sprays out, it hangs for a couple seconds and then you'll see that cloud start to rise and then um, go away and then evaporate. So that's good to know as well. Um, but you, you do wanna have a plan, especially if you let out a large cloud of fog on your show is to how are you gonna get rid of that stuff, right? Because if you need your large cloud and it starts slowly rising, you may need to move action on the stage um, to a different side of the stage if you have some kind of exhaust fan in your roof, like some theaters have, um, that's a great time to use it. <laughs> to get, if you need to get that haze out of there, or use some other fans to blow it up into the rafters or just out of the way. Um, because that stuff, it's going to rise at the rate that it rises. It's going to suck to the HVAC at the, at the rate that it does, and it's not going to go any faster than that. So, with that said, um, fog haze and throats before we talk about low fogs um, fog haze and throats is um, a topic that comes up a lot anytime you're running atmosphere in a room you're gonna have somebody probably come up to you uh, maybe a performer maybe an audience member and they say I have asthma I am sensitive to this stuff it messes with my vocals um, etc etc at which point you look at them and you're like oh really interesting and so basically there's been a lot of studies done about this and this is something you know i'm not um someone who's super pro-union in this modern day but i gotta say the fact that you know they championed um some a lot of the research that's gone into this is is great so 
um, in the U.S., OSHA and National uh, Health and Safety, whoever, um, along with the union on Broadway, um, went ahead and they have studied um, haze and how it affects people and if it's a, a health hazard. And they, they've studied that very closely. And there, there's a big paper that I will link to. It's on my Hayes page as well on Learned Stage Lighting that basically um, goes through and mentions, you know, talks about um, the, the whole study that they went through. So they went in. Um, it's called the Broadway Actors Equity Report. And they basically went in and studied on some Broadway shows over a long period of time. They brought in doctors. And they studied how it affects people's voice, and they brought in the doctors to look at the people and say, okay, you know, is this actually affecting their vocal cords? And then they looked over the long term, too, and they said, is this affecting people's vocal cords over the long time? Is it affecting their health in any way? Um, fog and haze on, on theatrical shows. And the results they came with, basically, are that sometimes people, whether they can or not, in their minds will convince themselves that it affects their vocals. They may occasionally, when it's when it's very thick, um, or if they're very close to the machine and standing right near it for the whole show, which nobody does, but if that happens, they may get some inflammation in their throats um, for a short period of time, but, but without long-term consequences. So you can read the whole report, but basically it says that, you know, if someone's insisting that that haze gives them problems um and that it's a medical thing you know it's it's generally it's it's not and they've studied this really in depth to make sure that everybody's safe on the stage and basically unless you're drinking the stuff straight out of the machine like you stand right at the machine and breathe it in all night you, you're not going to cause any problems um it's it's a low enough concentration that that it's really um no big deal but you're still going to get pushed back in that situ situation. So what do you do? Well, if it's a performer or somebody, you know, they may they may get their wish. They may not perform with the haze, and that's going to have to be okay. Um, if, you know, that's what the, the folks in charge say. If the performer says, hey, I've got this contract. I, I don't want haze. We can't have it. Then, you know, that's the end of it. You really can't argue with that. And there's performers out there for sure that are known that, that do that, and that's okay. But, um... You know, if but if it's an audience member or something like that, um, I actually have a friend who, who did a show um, a few years ago and he had somebody on the show. The production manager was actually a part of this study. He was part of the, the team that put together this study and he carried a printout of the study with him so that if an audience member came up and, and it would happen, he would just go here, <laughs> read this. And, and uh, you know, highlighted some stuff for him to just basically show, you know, like th there's no danger in haze. It's not bad for our throats or anything like that. So last quick thing um, before we end, I know my ramblings about atmosphere are going along, but there's a lot of information out there. And I want to distill it down for you is low foggers. So low foggers are unique because it's basically a fog machine. There's there's two ways to create low fog. Um, The first is to basically have a fog machine, just a regular old fog machine, that then pushes the fog through a chiller where there's some ice or some dry ice or a refrigeration unit. Uh, and, it, and it pushes through that chiller and then it comes out and it's cooler so it stays low to the stage um, until it warms up and then, then it rises. But And then the other type of low fogger and the best type, if you're looking to create a really great low fog effect, 
literally, they, they almost look like a trash can. And people have made them out of trash cans. You can Google it and find people who who've show you how to make these things. But you literally take dry ice and warm water. And so dry ice is always, you know, kind of letting off a low fog. But you take some dry ice and you introduce warm water to it. And then you pipe it out to the stage and you blow it out with a fan, basically. And you get the best low fog, okay? So that's going to be the best um, situation. But if you if you do want to work with low fog, those are kind of your options. Is There's some really cheap ones that, that work pretty decent. Like I think ADJ has one. Um, it's called like the, the Mr. Cool Fogger. Um, I think it is. I'll just Google it here. Um, but, um, but regardless, yeah, the Mr. Cool 2, it's $150. Or they have the Mr. Cool one, which is $100. And these guys, you know, it's just a regular old fogger, but you put some ice in it and it goes and it pushes the fog through a chiller. And you know what? It looks pretty darn cool. I know I've seen a lot of people um, use these things like for Halloween and stuff like that. Um, you know, again, it's a cheap unit. And so, you know, people sometimes they die and, and, and people have problems with the quality control and stuff because of how inexpensive it is. And then that's going to happen. But regardless, um, you know, that's a cool effect on the cheap or, you know, if you want low fog and you want it to be done right and a really awesome effect, then you're going to want to get a uh, dry ice fogger as well. And there's different people that make those. All right, guys. And so um, thank you guys for listening to today's segment on um, getting in the atmosphere. I honestly didn't anticipate it running for, you know, the full half hour here that I typically run the shows around. Um, so I'm really I think that was really cool. Um, so I'm going to push this week's mailbag to next week since I'm recording a few ahead. Um, I'm going to sign off now. But thank you guys for listening. Before my voice totally goes away, um, I want to thank you for being here and um, let you know that you know if you've been enjoying this show, um, certainly check out the show notes at learnstagelighting.com slash 015 because this is episode 15 on the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. And also... Head over to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from, um, and just leave a review. You know, put that star rating in there and uh, let me know what you think. And that way, um, I get to know what you think about the show. And also, everyone else in the world um, gets to see what people are thinking about the show. And we're able to share the show with more people. With that, guys, I'm about to sign off. So I hope you guys have a great week this week. And I'll see you guys next week, where we're going to be talking about... How bright does your light need to be? I'll see you guys there. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.